Oh, boy, here we go. It is Thursday up in here. We are right around the corner from the weekend. And right around the corner from the Moto Show. Double whammy Moto Show. Two different kinds of Moto Shows. One involving a young man that is into furries. And that is tomorrow. And it is Moto Man and Kyle. They will be on in the afternoons, 3 to 7. I'm not going to tell you which one is into the furries. And then the other one is our race coverage, which will kick off 2 p.m. on Saturday. That's where you read. It gets confusing because when they give you times on Supercross races, it's always local time and it's always 7 o'clock. But they're on the East Coast. That's three hours ahead. Racing will start a little after 4 p.m. And that's another thing, too. You may think, oh, cool, it's Supercross. I'm going to go out and go for a ride, and then I'm going to come home, and I'm going to watch Supercross. Yeah, you're going to get home, and the races are going to be halfway over, and you're going to be like, what the F? So uh, broadcast alert, Big 49 coverage will start at 2 p.m. You can listen to us for the pre-show. That's when all of us numbnutses will get up on the box, and we will tell you uh, our picks might even break out the psychic tarot cards. I never know what's going to happen on the Moto Show. I'm sure there will be bad things and shenanigans and tomfoolery, if you will, as we attempt to have Kyle give us odds so that we can bet on children in the KTM races and stay races. Is it sad? We've got the greatest moto athletes in the world and a guy like Eli Tomac right now putting on a show that is a generational talent. And here we are going, yeah, man, I got 400 bucks on number 11 on the KTMs. That's my kid right there. I'm taking that kid. That kid's fast as hell. Oh, no, no, no. No, number three is the dude. Like, we're serious about this. And I'm sad to say we're serious about it, but we definitely do. We watch every bit of that Supercross broadcast coverage. We watch every, every second of it so that we can gamble, bet, and bust each other's balls. And you can do it right along with us. All live at TheBig49.com as we stream everything starting at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Because uh, speaking of moto, coming up in moments, uh, very cool to talk to Mr. Hunter Lawrence again. Haven't talked to him since last season. First race of the 250 East. He got back to his winning ways, so we will start with him. Which only means one thing. Tomorrow is 250 Podium Palooza on the stretch show where we will get out my dog, Max Anstey, and we will talk to Max, whom I absolutely love, and we'll talk to Jordan Smith from Star Racing Yamaha, and then we'll throw in the Hunter interview back in the mix. So we'll have a lot of moto for the Friday Spectacular as we hype up for all your racing on Saturday. All right, now besides moto, I do do other things on this show. I said doo-doo. <laughs> See, I act like an idiot on this show. That's what I do. Uh, I've got to get into a story I blew off yesterday about two guys that got off with a crime and then apparently were faking, and I got a feeling they'll see that judge again. I've got something happened with Michael Irvin, big shocker. He's a Dallas Cowboy, which is like, oh, so you're probably a criminal. I'm just saying. It's like a Raider fan or a Dallas Cowboy actual player. Oh, you're probably a criminal. <laughs> So we'll talk about this, and, I, and I'll give you my professional expert analysis on this situation. Not only am I maybe the greatest radio, moto radio DJ in the world, despite what all these idiots that say on the liners, just so you know, those aren't real. Moto writes those, and he hands them to them, and they all come out, and they're like, hey, it's Jason Moran's and stretches the worst morning show in moto history, or hey, it's Derek Kelly that stretches. That's Moto Man writing it. They don't really say that. I'm the greatest moto radio show in motocross history. Okay, I'm, I'm also the only one, which I guess technically makes me the best and the worst, but I am the only one. So here we go. We are uh, getting into that today, and I am going to talk to these guys. But I also have an expert opinion on radio. I have expert opinion on moto, and I have an expert opinion on uh, human behavior. I have a weird experience. I've had a strange life. Come out of six years of drug treatment uh, program, not where I was in it as a patient, but as a worker trying to help people. I had 30 plus years of being on the radio mixed in with that and podcasting. And by the way, The Stretch Show is podcast now. Everywhere you get podcasts, you can listen to The Stretch Show if you miss a moment of it. 
All that rock and roll's chopped out. It's just stretch babbling for about an hour. Ballpark it an hour. Every day, Monday through Friday, you get that podcast going. And now I am, uh, later in life, I've become a security expert. It's weird. I'm an expert at a lot of things. And so I'm going to break down this Michael Irvin story for you because I have a theory on it with all of my past experience that is, I know I'm right, is the problem, just because I live it. All right, then coming up, uh, I have a story about Vladimir Putin. Pooty poot poot. Pooty poot 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 is not a very good man. And I hear some of my good friends defend this idiot and think the United States provoked him into this Ukrainian thing and they're going to put weapons out there so he had to do this. If that's the case, he would have stopped this conflict long, long ago. This man is a thief and a bad human being. And he's going into Ukraine to steal their resources and he's murdering thousands of civilians, tens of thousands of civilians along the way. And he's not a good man. I have another story that broke out about what a bad person he is and how they're looking at war crimes on him for something else. Completely, it still involves the Ukraine, but it's way before this so-called conflict began. If you call a conflict, you know it would be a conflict if I went next door to my neighbor and said, you know what, I'm taking your house. Yeah, it's a, my, we got a fence line, but you know what, you got a pool and I don't have a pool. Yeah, it's mine. And I just started killing him. That's basically what he's doing with his neighbors in the Ukraine. And it's what he did with the Crimean Peninsula, and no one stopped him because we got gutless cowards in the White House oftentimes in this country. All right, so there we go on that. And then I got a guy, it should be a Florida story. I really wish I could label this your fistful of Florida for the day, but it is not. It is a what the Pennsylvania story coming up. It's a good one. It's a doozy. Also kind of ties into my rant yesterday about homelessness and how we've got to do something about it because it involves a homeless man. And then I'm going to break down a story that I'm just going to say could possibly, highly, probably contain Moto Man or Kyle in it. It's a fetish thing. It's weird. And we're gonna, it's what I hadn't heard of before. I'll tell you, I read this article on Vice, and I'm like, never heard of this before. Must talk about it because I'm pretty certain Moto Man and or Kyle do that. So we have that coming up. So all of that, your moto, your moto minutes, your manertainment, and everything steamrolling at you like a giant turd coming out the poop chute is what it's like. And of course, coming up in moments, we're going to go down under and we're going to talk to Hunter, Hunter Lawrence, all coming up on the Stretch Show at the Big 49. The Man Urged. Report! Well, here's some good news. Alleged raper Ron Jeremy isn't going to be out and free now that they're dropping all the charges against him because he is mentally incompetent to stand trial. No, no, no. They say he's being shipped off to a mental health hospital where he may spend the rest of his life. Last night when our dementia-riddled dumbass president gave his State of the Union speech, there was some drama within the Republican ranks, and it was kind of cool to see. That weird jackass Congressman George Santos was there buttoned up front and center trying to get some camera time and you could see on camera when Mitt Romney also a Republican walked in and said you don't belong here you ought to be embarrassed and then walked away from him I was like shout out Mitt Romney you go boy all right we're finally maybe possibly gonna see that fight between youtuber Jake Paul and real fighter Tommy Fury even though Tommy Fury has pulled out of this fight a couple of times and then he didn't show up for the presser yesterday, which caused Jake Paul to unload on him and talk about how unprofessional he is and how scared he is. And if he does pull out of it, they've already got a backup ready to go because they're so fearful that somehow Tommy Fury is going to pull out of this fight with YouTuber Jake Paul. Oh, man, the drama in the fake fight world. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49, it is stretching right now. We are going to go down under, if you will, to get to the top of the box because a Lawrence brother is once again at the top step. This would be Hunter Lawrence in the kickoff of the 250 East from that HRC Honda team. Hunter cruised out there. Now, it didn't look like it was going to be such an easy day, Hunter, when we started this off because you were uh, not great at qualifying, and then you came out and put on a show in the main event when it really counts. So were you worried at all with the, with the struggles earlier in the day when you got up to that main event time? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
not like trying to come out and establish anything. Like I'm confident in what I can do on a bike, and <laughs> I know where I could have been better last year. So just trying to do that. Um, right. Qualifying was a little rough. Just trying yeah. to get all the segments on one lap. When I had all my best segments, I was you know able to have a pole lap time, but just couldn't seem to put them on one lap. So okay. uh, we'll work on that a bit more this week. And. It's about it, really. Just happy to execute. Worked on our starts. We had two great starts in the in the heat in the main. So, yeah, it was a gr- pretty good day overall. Yeah, a great day. End up on top of the box, looking solid to start this season. You did have a sketchy moment there, and it involved uh, Tom Viali kind of running you a little bit wide. Uh, uh, walk us through that, because that was that looked gnarly. Could have been super gnarly. Yeah, that <laughs> was a. I got pretty lucky. Normally when you go yeah. off the track, you're either washing the front on yeah. the boards or the concrete in the side, or yeah. you get a tough lock banner or something. So uh, I think I got pretty lucky on that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was cool to <laughs> pass the Euro guy in the sand section of that one. <laughs> Hold on. Let's, but seriously, there's been a lot of drama when people you know, get past or ran wide that they take umbrage with it, if you will. And we've seen you know, tempers flare. Were you pissed off at that point? Did that motivate you to really go get him after he, he kind of ran into the wide? Or were you just like, it's racing? Ah, uh, no. I mean, it's the, the kid's first Supercross race. I mean, we yeah. all make mistakes. You can't, like, okay. what's the word? Like, cane him on his first... <laughs> no, not even a mistake, really. It was just closing the door, and, yeah. and I obviously didn't want to give the position up, and I was like, oh, I'll just go a little bit where I think safe to make sure we don't touch, but then where I thought was safe, I was facing the other rhythm lane, so I was like, all right, here we got to handle this, but no, I wasn't anchor or anything. I mean, yeah. there's no, no reason to be, so... Uh-huh. Very cool. I, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear somebody like, hey, it's just, you know, aggressive racing and it's part of the game and uh, that's how we do it and, and, and no hard feelings. So very cool to hear that, Hunter. Uh, let's talk, though, about now we're moving forward. You've got the red plate. You're off to a strong start. Last year, I think kind of what kept you out of the championship in the two, 250s is maybe it, the season didn't start off as strong as, it, you know, as it could have. And you had a really, really strong finish. Do you think uh, it's like is that something that's in the back of your mind? Like I got to get out hard, I got to start strong, I got to get the red plate, and so you're not playing catch up like you were last year. Uh, it's just it, I look back at last year and, and the yeah. first few races, my starts weren't amazing, and okay. then you know obviously A three, so just uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean. I won everything by the last one by yeah. bike length. Yeah. So the second half of the season was really good. Yes. Um, but yeah, just worked on our starts and then just try to try to. It's tough to say because every race you go into, you feel like you it's got to you got to win, you got to win. Yeah. But you know, recognizing the one night where you're like, ah, maybe a second is okay tonight, rather than <laughs> you know yeah. taking a risk you don't have to and ended up on the ground. But. It's tough because you don't want to just roll over. You know, you got to know when the right night yeah. is on just, you know, and that's where the experience comes. And you've seen it last year with, with Jason and Eli and stuff at a lot of the races. So. Yeah, a, a very cool perspective. I've always liked your take on that kind of stuff of like no, knowing when to really push it and when to back off and just being smart as a rider and, you know, living to race next week and keep that pursuit of the red plate alive. That being said, Hunter, we're getting used to seeing you on the podium, getting used to seeing you on the top of the box. Uh, is it still, like, awesome for you to get on the box, or do you feel like at some point it's expected and I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing and it's a failure if I'm not on the box? Like, I guess, do you ever get sick of it, or, or is it, like, really cool every time you get up there? No, absolutely not. I mean, there's, I mean, these boys up here understand as well. Like, we've all had super crappy days when you're yeah. leaving the track and, and you see the results on, on who's on the box and who's winning or who's carrying the red plate and you're just yeah. like man it seems like it's a lifetime away so okay. no we, we enjoy this stuff as much as we can because yeah. it's it's only for the next 10, 12, 15 years you know and then yeah. in 20 years you just miss it you miss the pressure on the line you miss uh, the nerves the, the adrenaline you know you miss yeah. for it you know so uh, no we enjoy it we love it and we work hard for it so it's important to enjoy it. Very cool. Glad to hear it. Congratulations on, on a great week, Hunter, and having the red plate. And uh, think about this now. You got the red plate in, in the Honda camp for the 250 East and the 250 West. Looking forward to a showdown maybe the end of the year where, once again, you can uh, take out your brother in the East-West showdown, even though you know you both could have the red plate potentially at that point. 
Uh, it's yeah, it's cool to think about it, but I mean, yeah. we're still nine rounds away from Salt Lake, so there's yeah. a lot of racing to go yet. Um, anything can happen. Just gotta you know do our best and, and check off the the boxes, tick all the boxes, and yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. You can ask that question in Salt Lake, or maybe <laughs> you can't. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, we can. That would be really really cool, man. Once again, congratulations to you and the entire HRC Honda crew. Great night tonight with you and Chase both being up on the podium. Gotta love that. Uh, hopefully that continues on into next week when we head out to Tampa. Thank you again for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate you, Hunter. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, Adam C. and Cirillo has got a sense of humor, and he is not a liar. The AMA released their fines for the round of racing in Houston, and in it there was Hunter Lawrence, who got a written warning for failure to directly report to impound. Max Anstey also got the same written warning for failure to directly report to impound. And then Alex Ray in the 450 class, he got a last chance qualifier where he went off the course and got advantage. He lost two positions in his overall results. And then right there at the bottom, a $1,000 fine coming to Mr. Adam C. and Cirillo from the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team for failure to use a fixed or portable restroom. That's because he got to the porta potty after the restart and there was somebody in there. So he just peed behind it. They saw it on camera and Adam got a thousand dollar fine. That's a huge fine, man. He was not joking. I honestly, when I saw that post, I laughed and thought that's funny. I wonder if it's true. And well, the AMA let us know it's true. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show on a Thursday. Coming at you, shout out to Hanta Lawrence. I like Hunter, man. Always had a good head on his shoulders. I like the way he thinks. He's just a pretty cool dude, man. And shout out to him for getting the win in Houston. See what he does when they head into Tampa. He was really good last year. If Christian Craig wasn't on a star racing Yamaha, the most freaking dominant motorcycle in the history of 250s of the last decade, I don't know if Hunter hadn't won the red plate for the 250 West last year. And Christian Craig's pretty damn good, too. I, I have a top. We're going to get into this topic on the Moto Show on Saturday, but we're, the, the difference in the 250 and 450 riders. We're going to break this down because you, you look at Max Anstey, who was a very middle-of-the-pack 450 rider. He's been dominant on a 250 internationally. And here in America, proving he could take it not only at the Supercross of Australia, where he won the championship this year, he also kicked ass in the World Supercross, and he did it all on 250s, and now here he is looking good in America as well at our Supercross, and that is the top of the top, the cream of the crop, if you will. Wow, I sound like Scott Janet. That was an accidental rhyme. Ah, oh, boy. By the way, that's my mentor, if you don't know guy I used to work for for a very long time that is now retired from radio. He's an old school boss jockey kind of guy. Woo-hee, great googly moogly. Uh, let's get into, you know, let's just get into the sexual fetishes. Let's get into it. Very long article I found on Vice. Vice, uh, when you get smart guys that are writers, I'm a writer, but I'm not a smart guy. I'm just a dumb guy that writes, so I like to give you the abridged version of everything. They'll write what should be a four or five paragraph article into nine pages because they get paid by the word or something and they want to show you how smart they are and use big words. I don't have a big word vocabulary. I have a dumb guy vocabulary and I like to keep things short and sweet. That's why I write well for radio. But there's a company and it's called Candy Coated Squeaks and it spun off from a dude who now goes by his fetish name which is like whale boy or some crap like that. And here's what it is. It's inflatable toys. You know, you got you got your swimming pool in the summertime and you throw in, you got the inflatable donut and you got inflatable dolphin, inflatable killer whale, inflatable shark, that stuff, right? Well, some perverts for some reason started deriving a sexual fetish from slicing those open and crawling inside of the tight latex but then, this guy in his viral video, which has been everywhere, you've probably seen this video, he did it in a whale 
uh, blow-up whale, and then he ran a hose from his mouth back into the suit where he'd cut a hole so that he could blow it so it wasn't just stuck to his skin. He was literally inside of a freaking inflatable pool toy, and it looked like just an inflatable pool toy, only this idiot was in it. And it was weird. It's weird. Well, guess what? That's a thing now. And they have different names. One of their names is Lunars. They're Lunars. People with an erotic interest in balloons. Popping them, humping them, or watching someone else do it. They say lunar content is a huge category in the porn industry. I'm a man who uh, loves porn. I love to watch porn. I've never heard of Lunars before, but then again, I'm not a freak. Yeah. They say the genre most frequently focuses on watching a hot woman play with or pop your standard party balloon or your standard pool toy and inflatable enthusiasts like beat off while these chick pops the inflatable whale. But then there's the other side that are kind of like the reverse of a furry because a furry is a warm fuzzy suit where people dress like bears and stuff and run around and act weird and have sex. Those are the furries. And now these lunars are totally different. Sometimes they call them balloonies. And they say that every character has a magical backstory, kind of like the uh, furries that dress up as freaking unicorns. Hi, my name is Stretch. Today I'm dressed as a unicorn, and you can call me Triumph, like the motorcycle that doesn't exist. I'm incredibly rare. In fact, there's only one in the world, and apparently Ricky Carmichael's written it in 17 tracks across the world, but no one else has ever seen it. I'm a furry. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. So, they say within this community, uh, also cosplay people are into this. They also are into breast expansion fantasies, blueberry cosplay, which I'm gonna tell you, I just read that because I don't know what those are. I do not know what I don't wanna know. I'm not looking it up. Maybe you're daring. Get the Google machine out and look up breast expansion fantasy or blueberry cosplay, and I'm sure you will be uh, ecstatic with the results. Yeah, and they say all of this has shades of bondage, uh, breath play, objectification. They say that's part of the deal. Once you climb inside of a, a inflatable pool toy and make it so you can get inside of it, there's a danger of suffocation. And they say that's part of it. So I would imagine I'm gonna go ahead and throw in, in my expert opinion, uh, autoerotic asphyxiation into this while you're beating off inside your pool toy that has gotta be hot as hell with its inflatable latex and you are now inside of it. Yeah, this guy's name is Whale Man and he's the guy that kind of started it and he did it on a YouTube video that went viral. This is before viral videos this video started. And he's now started this company. He spun off his kink, his little thing, and he has now started Candy Coated Squeaks, which is a place that makes customized pool toys that you can get inside of instead of on top of. Now, here's what's weird. Uh, they're inflatable and you're inside. So there's, outside of uh, self-pleasure, I don't see you having any sex in one of these. So I, I don't get it. It's not my thing. I don't know why Moto Man and Kyle are currently in the fountain at the back of the radio station right now, dressed as uh, one's a whale and one's a dolphin. But hey, you know, they're getting ready for their show tomorrow. Whatever you do to get ready for your show, to get in the zone, you know, some people crack a beer. You know, that's how they get ready for it. Some people hit the bong. Yeah, some people like just, I need five minutes to chill and get my head in the zone. No, these guys got to put on inflatable pool toys and then go jump around the fountain. But, you know, hey, they're getting ready. It's going to be a good show. I'm confident it's going to be a good show. So there you go. If you're a lunar, there's LARPers. Remember, I hate LARPers. LARPers, I get out of the field. I beat the crap out of a pack of LARPers because I'm a little bit of a bully. And people who are weird annoy me. And when they're weird and proud of their weirdness, yeah, I'm going to punch you in your face. Just saying, I'm old school. Sure, my kids say I'm a dick. My son is uh, uh, threatened to disown me because of his acting career. He's like, if anyone ever knows that you're my father, I'm gonna get bad heat for that. I'm like, you should be proud. You wouldn't be anything without me. Yeah, you'd be, as a matter of fact, you wouldn't even be born. I saved your life. I kept you from the abortion tube. That's what I kept you from. Your mom was the devil. I tell him that, I just, I break it down. He's like, you're harsh, dad. I'm like, yeah, just keeping it real steals. Holyfield, just spewing the truth is what I do, boy. 
My daughter hides from me. My family's ashamed. The only people that are down with me are the Big Four Nine family, and I shout out to all of you. Apparently, we just got ratings in, and I, from my understanding, we went from 10 listeners to like 17 in like a month. It's huge. It's huge! At least 17 people are listening right now to the Big 49. I, I heard from some of them yesterday. Some of them took umbrage with some of my comments and some of the stories, and I'm like, whatever. Don't sweat it. I'm just an idiot babbling out here. It's what I do. But I'm going to go from idiot to expert opinion coming up in moments because I'm going to shut it down, play some rock and roll for that ass, and then when I come back, I am going to tell you, my friends, about Michael Irvin and put my spin on it of how I see this and how this played out and why he got kicked off of the Super Bowl coverage for this weekend for CBS. Tell you all about it next. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 4-9. Big 4-9. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show, and right now we're going to break down a story that's going around involving former Dallas Cowboy football player Michael Irvin, a guy that first put it into my perspective. I'm going to look back on as a guy that's had bad decisions made in his past. He seems to have cleaned up his image. He's in the Hall of Fame. They brought him onto the broadcast team for CBS. So, he seemed like he got his life together. So, what you would think? Or does he? Because they have announced he has now been removed from the CBS Super Bowl coverage this weekend where he was going to be a part of the team. And here's... Let me read you the story and then I'll tell you what happened based on my expert opinion. So, Michael Irvin has been yanked and he's like reached for comment they're like hey why did they take you off of the Super Bowl coverage and he said honestly I'm a bit baffled with it all he said this all happened in a 45 second conversation in the lobby of a hotel he said I went out for the night before I went back to my hotel remember he's down in uh, uh, wherever the hell they're doing the Super Bowl this year I think it's Florida right And he says, and I came back and I came into the lobby. I apparently talked to someone. I talked to some girl. I don't even know her. He said for like 45 seconds or less, I shook hands with her and I left. And now I'm off the Super Bowl coverage. And he says, I don't really recall the conversation to tell you the truth. I was out drinking. It was just a friendly conversation. And he goes, what's up? I don't know. I'm totally perplexed. And there you go. So for him walking into a hotel, seeing a female in the lobby, having a 45-second conversation with her, he is now kicked off of the Super Bowl coverage. This is a Hall of Famer from the Dallas uh, Cowgirls. And he's worked for CBS since 2009. He's covered Super Bowl opening night on Monday. He had stuff to do. And they said apparently he had already, you know, so Monday night was the kick off the Super Bowl coverage because the hype has begun. The hype is real. It's this weekend. And he says after Monday night, they pulled him aside and they said, uh, Michael, apparently uh, there was a conversation with a lady and we're going to need you to uh, change hotels following that interaction. And he said, what are you talking about? Uh, there was no conversation with a lady. He said they pulled him aside and they said, really, tell us exactly what happened. He said, I, 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 when I came to the hotel, they asked me what I did and what I said. I said, I came to the hotel, I went straight to my room. He goes, but I guess I had a conversation with a lady in the lobby. I talked to her for a minute, and then I went to my room. And then after I got up there, they said they had to move me in the hotel. And I said, move me for what? They said, well, last night you walked in, you talked to somebody. I said, I didn't talk to anybody, I went straight to my room. And then they pulled up the video surveillance camera and showed him where he talked to a lady. And he said, well, then I saw the video that I, yeah, I guess I talked to a girl for a minute. I don't even remember. I don't know what I talked to her about. Uh, They didn't show it to me. They told it to me, he said. But that's why they moved me, because I guess the girl said I said something to her within that minute that we talked. And so they moved me to another part of the hotel. 
so here you go. Here's my expert opinion on this. Uh, I do. Just security. I'm a low-life power trip and security guard. I'm a rent-a-cop for all practical purposes. And I, where I work, we have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of cameras. In fact, there's people that watch cameras all the time. And times I'll be out on a patrol and then they will radio into my car and they'll say, hey, uh, we got a person that shouldn't be on the property in this uh, sector. Go over and uh, see what's going on. And I'll be like, all right. And then I will ask, uh, uh, is it an employee in the wrong area or is this, uh, you know, an unauthorized visitor? They're like, no, they climbed the fence. Gotcha. So I will roll up and find out what's going on. Now, uh, when I'm armed with the knowledge that I know you aren't supposed to be here, that you climbed the fence, I never let you know that. I, but when I approach you, first thing I'm gonna say to you is like, hey, how's it going? Can I see your ID badge? And then, I, then the lies start. The lies start immediately, immediately. The lies will start. And there's times when a person will see me and then uh, criminals and thieves and bad people and people that do bad things will, will seek you out. And they'll see you thinking they're gonna deflect from you that if I walk up to you and start talking to you, then there's no way I'm a bad guy that's not supposed to be here. They'll be like, hey, I'm looking for such and such building. How do I get over there from here? I haven't been here that much. And I'll be like, really? Because uh, I got a video of you climbing the wall. So why don't you turn around, let me handcuff you, and get you off this property for criminal trespass? Like that kind of thing. And they always lie. The moral of the story is they always lie. So, hey, what'd you do when you got to the hotel last night when he said I went straight to my room? They're like, did you do anything? Did anything happen? No, I walked in the hotel and went straight to my room. Uh, did you talk to anyone? No, I went in and went straight to my room. Okay, well, here's a video of you talking to someone. So he's lying. And remember, this guy's got a history of addiction. He was a uh, druggie, had some drug problems in the past. And I can tell you with my uh, previous experience with addicted individuals, they lie. And they lie all the time. And they're professional liars because they lied to everyone around them all the time to do what they wanted to do so they didn't have to stop doing drugs or drinking or whatever it was. Addicts are effing liars. You got an addict in your life, you got a liar in your life. And you know that. You may not want to admit it, but you do. And the fact that his first statement to them was a lie right out of the box makes me think whatever he did, he did something shady. And the fact that CBS took him off of the coverage tells me it was something inappropriate. Now, I don't know if he propositioned this lady or offered her money to come to his room and have sex with him or if he was drunk and said something bad. But he said something offensive to this lady and this lady reported it and they got it on tape and he's been removed from all Super Bowl coverage from here on out and he's acting like he's the victim. I, I have no idea. I talked to this lady for like 45 seconds. I shook her hand and I went to my room. We're going to find out what this was, and whatever it was, he knows damn well what he did, and he lied when he was confronted about it, because that's what people do. When you're doing something you're not supposed to do, it is human nature, and I'm not pointing a finger at him, I'm pointing a finger at humans. They lie. They will lie, 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 lie. Every person I have ever caught doing something wrong when I knew they were doing something wrong before I caught them has lied to me. And then after they tell me three or four lies, I will say, all right, look, here's the deal. You need to stop lying to me because there's a chance I just remove you from the property and let you go. And there's a chance you keep telling me BS and I take you to the edge of the property where I will hand you off to the police and you will go to jail. And they will say, okay. And then they start telling the truth. It's funny. So my expert opinion, he did something wrong. He knows he did something wrong and he lied about it right out of the box. And we confronted with the video evidence. He was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I talked to that girl. Yeah, too late. Too late, knucklehead. So I don't know, not a fan of the Cowboys or Michael Irvin. So maybe uh, my coverage of this story is a little heavy handed if you are uh, a buffoon that likes the Dallas Cowboys, which makes you a bad person like Daniel Blair and makes you my arch nemesis. There we go. Ah, oh, man. All right, coming up next. Do I want to go into, oh no, let's go into some dumbass bad criminals who lied to a judge's face and the judge bought it. And I got a feeling they're going to be in trouble. I'm going to talk about this one next. It's the big four nine. Big, 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 big. the big 
1949. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Star Racing Yamaha let us in on some bad news yesterday, and that is Nick Romano, young Nick Romano. They thought was going to be able to get back on the bike and ride, but they say no. The knee injury he has sustained is season-ending. He probably won't be back on the bike this year. That means outdoor and the Supercross season. We will not see Nick Romano on that Yamaha. So shout-out to him. Get well soon, and we will talk to you next year. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is the Stretch Show. You know, sometimes you get so happy, you just run out in the street and dancing. Some people rip their clothes off. They just run around. You're like, yeah, I'm having a good old time. A lot of times those people are inebriated. But that's not part of this story. It probably is, but let's get into this. Happens over in the UK. Two young men, James Robson, 26, and Liam Roof, like up on the roof. The roof, the roof is on fire. They were looking at three years inside of uh, jail after they got drunk one night and they got into a fight with another man at an airport bus terminal, 4 a.m. Both men have a history of violence. In fact, during the course of their trial, Robson showed up at court drunk and both of them got with their lawyer and they concocted a defense that they both battled depression and they were given suspended sentences. So they convinced it. These two guys beat the hell out of another dude. They got arrested. During the course of their trial, one of them shows up to court drunk. But their lawyers successfully argued that they both battled depression and it's not their fault. And guess what happened? The judge bought it. Yeah. And this isn't their first rodeo because they've got a history of being drunk and being in brawls. In fact, at the airport brawl, one of them headbutted a police officer. So he got into a fight and headbutted a police officer. Yeah, they told the judge, I got depression. And the judge said, okay. Uh, Robert Smith, 45, was barred from boarding his flight to Bradford Airport on May 18th of last year. He exhibited aggressive behavior and they decided he'd consume too much alcohol. Well, Mr. Smith then bumped into these two numbnutses, and guess what happened? Dumb and Dumber turned into Dumb, Dumber, and Dumbest, and they all started fighting. Uh, the, the other guy, though, because of headbutting the cop, he got eight-month prison sentence, and it was suspended. Mr. Smith. The people from the airlines are like, this is ridiculous. You let these idiots go? Well, here's the best part. So they get out of court, basically suspended sentence that they don't have to do any jail time because they they have depression. So they run out of the court and rather than be like, thank God I have an illness, they started dancing in the street literally. There's video of it, I'm looking at it. They are running around, one of them ripped his shirt off and there's like F yeah, celebrating their asses off. And I gotta think the judge is gonna see that video because these guys are numbnutses and they'll be back before that judge because they got to keep their nose clean for X amount of time or they will have their sentence uh, not suspended and they will have to serve it. So these guys, yeah, we fooled the judge. And this is on the steps of the courtroom. This isn't like these guys were, you know, uh, out and got home and had a party later that night and celebrated their uh, vindication for their wrongdoings when the judge recognized their long battle with depression. No, no, no. This is them bamboozling a judge into thinking they had depression, which is why they had bad behavior, and then they went nuts right on the court steps when they got outside the building, and people filmed it. And they literally are running around like a couple of idiots and celebrating jumping up and down. So, I think the judge isn't going to like it. And people are like, yeah, the airline's mad that they got off. This is what you got a bunch of drunk knuckleheads and nothing. And when there's no repercussions for your bad actions, you continue to uh, do those bad actions over and over and over. Yeah. Got out of jail for their, quote, mental health issues. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, when you get back in front of that judge, good luck, because I don't think they're going to be as kind next time.
and they're going to say F you and your depression. You can be depressed in jail. Kind of what's going to happen. All right, coming up next. Oh, let's talk about, do we want to talk about Pooty now? Pooty Poot being a really, really, really bad man. Yeah, let's talk about Vladimir Putin. No, you know what? Let's go talk to Jason L. Aubrey Anderson, if you missed that from yesterday. And then we'll talk about Pooty Von Poot Poot. All coming up on a Big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Saw a really cool, smart post yesterday from Dominique Thury, and it just said, AMA Arena Cross is a great place to practice for the Supercross. And the dude's been heading down to the arena cross because he's a 250 West rider. They're currently on hiatus. What a better way to go out and race with a bunch of dudes in a supercross type format than the arena cross. He's heading to Denver this weekend for round eight and a whole bunch of supercross dudes are doing it. And think about it. A lot of times you've got inclement weather in parts of the country. You can go somewhere, you can get in some competition, you can do some racing and you can stay sharp for the next time you are called upon to race for the 250 West division. So shout out to all those dudes that are doing it. Most of them are privateers. You guys are the road warriors to keep the sport rolling. I wish you the best of the luck in the arena cross this season. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute is coming up. Brought to you by LBZ, one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a Stretch Show on a Thursday. Shout out to Hunter Lawrence, shout out to Jason Anderson. Tomorrow, we got the entire 250 podium, including my BFX, Max Anstey. Anstey's the man. Got on the box, good to see him up there. Got Jordan Smith, and we'll drop Hunter back in the middle. Bam, bam, bam. Loading up on Moto tomorrow, getting ready for the weekend when we're going to talk a lot of Moto. But right now, we're going to talk a lot of douchery, and that is Vladimir Putin. And I can't tell you how sick I am of Americans defending this idiot for what he's doing in the Ukraine. Saying he had no choice, he got provoked. <laughs> if that was the case, he proved his point about after a few weeks. And it's like, all right, back down, make some concessions. Don't put, you know, missiles here, whatever it is. And he'd have been fine. But no, he hasn't because he's trying to steal all of their resources. And he's trying to go in and claim it. He claims it was part of Russia. Blah, 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 blah. They let him snatch Crimea. Nobody did anything because we had a coward in the White House. And now uh, this time people are like, all right, we can't let him take. So we're not helping as much as we're helping and giving them supplies. We're helping in a cowardly kind of way. And Americans defend the hell out of him. And I'm sick of hearing it. Here is the latest one. A court in the Netherlands, an international court, says they now have very strong indications that Russian President Vladimir Putin approved the supply of heavy anti-aircraft weapons to Ukrainian separatists. So he's had a boner for the Ukraine for a long time. Back in 2014 which they used to shoot down a passenger jet. It was the Kuala Lumpur flight, the one that was flying from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur, and these guys just put a rocket launcher up and blasted it out of the sky with a weapon they got from Old Flat. Now, joint uh, members of the joint investigation team said they had insufficient evidence to prosecute Pooty uh, Poot or any other suspects, and they suspended their eight-and-a-half-year inquiry into the shooting down that killed 300 people. But Russia has always denied any involvement in the downing, and now they're saying, no, 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 we got evidence that you didn't shoot it down, but you gave the guys who shot it down the weapons to shoot it down, and you shouldn't have been doing that. And he was doing it because he wanted to create upheaval in the Ukraine, which means he had a plan all along to go into the Ukraine, and he was trying to get arming troops that were going to probably help him when he rolled into the Ukraine to try and take it over. And then he wouldn't get all of his Russians killed. Well, you're getting all your Russians killed because the rest of the world finally pulled their head out of their ass and realized what you were doing, and they started arming the Ukraine like you were arming the separatists. And now you're crying about it. It's a proxy war. The United States is helping these assholes that were trying to take over their country. What the hell? We just want to go in there and kill people and take their stuff. Why are you helping them fight us? So we didn't want him to put up a fight. Yeah, F you. Stop defending this guy. He's a bad man. 
they still don't have anyone prosecuted on this, and they still don't know why they shot that jet down. Hey, honestly, it looks like, hey, dude, we just got all these cool weapons from Russia. What should we do with them? Oh, look at that plane. Watch this. That seems to be what happened. It was that stupid of an act. And they shot a jet down flying from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur, and they killed 298 people. Uh, Russians say, no, 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 this decision provides... Uh, that the decision to provide rebels with military support over the summer of 2014 was completely in Vladimir Putin's hands. He's the guy that made the call. He said, yeah, give it to him. And trust me, he didn't want him to shoot down innocent passenger jets, and I bet he had second thoughts after that, like, oh, I shouldn't have gave those idiots those weapons. But he wanted them to have weapons so they could create disruptions in the Ukraine because he already had plans to go in there. It clearly shows it. Yeah. They say none of the suspects that they were charging appeared for the trial. It was unclear if there were uh, anybody was found guilty in the murder of the 298 people. The convictions and the court's findings uh, that these surface-to-air Russian missiles came directly from the Russian military base were seen as a clear indication that Moscow played a role in this tragedy. Russia's always denied involvement. The Russian foreign ministry accused the court in November of bowing to pressure from Dutch politicians who, by the way, lost 300 people. Yeah. The November convictions hold that Moscow was in overall control in 2014 over the self-proclaimed Donsek People's Republic, the separatist area of eastern Ukraine where the missile was launched. So they're like, wait a minute. You got separatists there in an area that you had already moved in and taken over and you gave them weapons and they shot down this jet for no effing reason whatsoever. And you had nothing to do with it. Yes, suck it, Vlad. Suck it, Vlad. You're a bad man. You're a bad, bad man. There's a lake of fire waiting for you. I got a feeling if I was the judge and jury. Repent, my man. Repent. All right, coming up next, uh, we are going to tell you about a great story. It's a great story of a homeless guy gone wild. You love it when, when homeless people go wild because it just gives me something to rant about because I just did a big old rant on this yesterday how nothing's done about the homeless people. Sure, when they go to this extreme, this guy's going to be in jail, but he really had to earn that crap. I'm going to tell you, this guy's uh, reign of terror that went down in Altoona, Pennsylvania is crazy. Coming up, it's the Big 4-9. El Gordo y la Mediana y Stretch Show. 49 Grandes. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch Show. Right now, I'm kicking Hit Em Up. You don't know nothing about Hit Em Up. Greatest disc record in the history of rap music done by the late, great Tupac Shakur. Talk about killing fools. Talk about smoking bad boy. Talk about smoking fools. My fofo make sure all y'all kids don't grow. That's what he says in that song. A great disc record. So here he is. This guy thought he was a Tupac. Little gangster wannabe Tupac. Only he is a white homeless uh, dude in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And I love his, his excuse once this all plays out. So he does four home invasions in a single day. He kidnapped a man. He stole a truck. He led three different police departments uh, on a high-speed chase. He crashed a truck. He had a lady he held hostage and they brought him in all happened on Monday night in Altoona so the Altoona police along with the Logan Township police along with Pennsylvania state troopers arrested 37 year old Robert Powers on Monday night in Altoona after he caused chaos throughout the city both cities Altoona and Logan Township and uh, here's how it starts in the police report. <laughs> so they're called to the 1000 block of 6th Avenue where a man who was later identified to be Mr. Powers walked in through an unlocked door. By the way, shocker, uh, lock your goddamn doors, lock your cars. Don't trust anyone. We don't live in the same world that you think we do. Your false sense of security will get you in trouble. So a guy walks in through an unlocked door, which happens to be Mr. Powers. There is a woman living there. He puts her into a bear hug, puts his hand over her mouth, and tells her, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. (laughs) 
She gets free and then runs and locks herself in a room and he flees the house. She calls 911. From there, Mr. Powers made his way to a home on the 300 block of 7th Avenue. It's a couple blocks over. Uh, where he found a man outside of the residence when he ran up behind the guy, put him in a chokehold, at which point he drug him into the house, robbed the guy, took his money, the guy had a pocket knife, and the guy used the pocket knife to hold this guy hostage. So that's two people now you have... Those are technically abductions, FYI. Then he takes the guy and he turns the gas stove on, like sets the gas on, so he's going to try to blow up the house while holding the guy hostage with the knife that he took from the guy and then forces the guy outside and then gets into his truck before he drives off, which makes no sense. This guy's acting crazy. But that's not, he's not done. Mr. Powers then made his way across town uh, with the man in the truck with him on Chestnut Avenue until he was stopping speeds, the guy says, of over 100 miles an hour. And, you know, happens when you're driving 100 miles an hour and you are a crazy person, you have a car crash, and that's what happened. He crashed the car. He crashed the truck into a white Jeep on Grandview Road. When a woman came out of her house, he got out of the truck and pulled a knife on her. She ran back inside the house and locked the door. At that point, Mr. Powers kicked the door down and came in with his knife. She was on the phone with 911 when he got in there. Uh, The witness told the police that he stated multiple times, uh, why did you do this, Mom? That's what he was saying to the lady that came out of the house. The woman was on the phone with 911, and the 911 dispatcher on the 911 call, you can hear him say, now what did you do before the call goes dead? Because he realizes she's on the phone with 911, and he hangs up the phone call. You like this guy yet? Crazy homeless guy, by the way. So at that point, more police are called to the backup. This guy's uh, crime spree has been running across a couple of towns now. State police arrive on the scene. And uh, initially he got back into the Jeep and he was trying to take off with the lady's Jeep that he had just crashed into with the other guy's truck. And guess what? He got uncooperative when the police got there and they say the cops had to beat the hell out of him. They brought him in, they arrested him for all kinds of charges. A slew of charges. He's up on $500,000 bail. And apparently when they got him inside, he admitted, well, yeah, I may have done some meth and some bath salts today. So there you go. Look what meth does. Crystal meth is bad. It's really, really bad. So this is a homeless guy who was doing meth, who went on a rampage and just attacked innocent people for no reason. People who, one lady was just in her home, another guy was in his front yard. And that's what happens with crazy homeless people. They just roll up on you and attack you, and you don't know, so you can't say, oh, this is a good homeless guy, this is a bad homeless guy. You can't trust any homeless guy because there's so many crazy ones that are hopped up on meth or whatever, have some addiction issue, or they're actually mentally ill and or both. And just so you know, many uh, mental illnesses, I'm looking at bipolar in particular, you will go into an episode if you're doing a stimulant. So if you're a bipolar person and you're smoking meth, you are spun. Not to mention, meth is the only drug that I know of that is has irreversible damage once you stop doing it. You can do cocaine for years and then get sober, get clean, get detoxed, and have no issues outside of maybe the cartilage in your nose is gone and, uh, you know, you shave some years off your life. But... Uh, on you're doing meth, it stays with you and it alters your brain chemistry and you become paranoid and super, super weird for a long time, if not forever, after you get sober from meth. Meth is a mofo. And it makes people crazy if you weren't crazy already. And typically, they're already crazy when they start smoking it, so they compound their crazy and they get loped out and do stuff like this guy just did. See why we need to address homelessness and addiction in this country? to some degree and somebody and I don't care if you're on the left or the right somebody needs to do something and I don't care if it is what New York's saying hey let's go around they look crazy we'll lock them up and we'll find out I'm good with that you're gonna save some lives so whatever they gotta do they gotta do but they gotta do it sooner rather than later because tell you what that guy comes to my front door somebody starts kicking my front door they're eating a bullet the second they get in the house and, and, and I'm within my right at that point. I'm protecting my home and my family and I got a crazy guy with a knife coming through the door. Plow, plow, plow. 
My fofo, make sure all your kids don't grow. Tupac, you're going down in a blaze of not glory. So, and that's what a lot of people in America would do. This guy's very lucky he didn't get killed. So here we go. Fun times. All right, let's get back to some moto. Let's talk to Hunter again if you missed that earlier in the show and then pack it up and get out of here. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. There are a ton of Aaron Plessinger fans out there in Moto World, and man, did he look good in Houston. He brought it. I think he's in his element because it's all cowboyed out, and AP is the dude with the cowboy hat that likes to sing Yeehaw. In fact, I saw a social media post from him yesterday where he was up on a horse in Houston riding around having all kinds of fun, and he was doing promo for his brand-new Dirt Bike Kids shirt. Remember, AP signed a deal with them. They got Aaron Plessinger merch. They have dropped some new shirts, so you can go over to the Dirt Bike Kids website and pick up that AP gear if you are down with that KTM rider. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it's Stretch Show. Time to get up out of here. Thank you to our guests today, Hunter Lawrence, HRC Honda, Jason Alombre Anderson from the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. I got a feeling not the last time we will talk to either of those gentlemen this season as they race on. Tomorrow we'll get the entire 250 podium out of Houston up on the box as we get ready for Tampa Supercross, which is coming early, early, early on Saturday. Two o'clock, our coverage will begin. And I believe four o'clock, the racing will start. So very, very cool. If you are a new listener to the 49, I thank you. I salute you. I beg you, please tell a friend. Uh, my wife thinks I have three listeners. Wrong is she. We're up to like 27 now. So tell friends. One day I'm going to show her, look, I have 200 people listening to this flamethrowing radio station I have in the back room. Yes. That's what I have. Right now I'm in my home. The Big 49 West Studios is my house. The Big 49 uh, main studios in the East Valley of Los Angeles are lovely, and I try to stay away from there because there's homeless people that do meth there, and their names are Moto Man and possibly Bookie Kyle. I'm just saying. Just saying. Jason's the only normal person I got in my life. Jason from Honda Yamaha Redlands. But if you listen to the show and you like the show... Uh, there's now a podcast if you missed any of the stretch show and that's every day everywhere you get podcasts you can type in and uh, find uh, the big 49 or the stretch show or the big 49 stretch show it's on iHeart it's everywhere you get your podcast that is up there uh, check it out if you missed anything or you want to catch something or you want to show someone listen to this idiot rant and there it is and also we want to grow this thing where our plan besides being the only motocross rock station on the planet our plan is to take on big time radio and club them at the knees it's a david and goliath situation literally we are the dude imagine there's a supercross track and everybody's getting ready to race you look across unless we're in the 450 so we got eli tomac we got chase sexton all right there's el hombre there's barsha Oh, man, there's Dylan Ferrandez. There's Colt Nichols. There's Christian Craig. I get yours going up down the line. Oh, man, there's Cooper Webb. There's Aaron Plessinger. There's Marvin Muscan. There's Mookie. There's everybody. Oh, crap. And we just rolled up on a, like a double shocker Honda Elsinore, and we're going to race these guys. And here's what's crazy. If this was a movie, we would be actually in the race. We'd be back in the middle of the pack right now making moves, eating people up as we move along. That is real. I'm not, I can't make this crap up. That's what we're doing. So it's, it's highly improbable what we are accomplishing here, but we cannot accomplish it without you and without your help and without your friends and the people you know. So if you like the rock and roll or you like the moto, please tell somebody, share the link, say, check out this big 49 thing i don't know what it is but it's interesting because we are a 24 hour a day seven day a week uh, broadcast streaming station that is trying to take out radio radio's dying under the weight of their own expenses oh they're dying and we've literally come in and been clubbing them at the ankles we're helping to move up to the knees so we can take their knees out 
And we're going to get into the top five. And then when we get into the top five, we're going to get to the podium. And then we get to the podium, we're going to get to the top seven of the podium. That's how this story's writing itself out. But we need you, man. We need you bad. So the privateers of uh, broadcast are the big 40. I don't want to say radio because radio is a bad word. It's got negative connotations because radio is dead and has shot itself in the balls and deserves everything bad that it's brought upon itself because they've been lazy, lazy, lazy. They haven't cared about their audience. They have damn sure not cared about their talent. They got their heads up their asses thinking, oh, I can put a celebrity on and they'll have good. Nah, have a good show. Yeah, nah, that's never worked ever, yet they continue to do it. They took people that made a lot of money back in the day and they'd come to you and say, yeah, here's your contract. It's half of what you're making. You're lucky you have a job. You suck. We didn't play great music. No one would listen to you. Well, I'm proving that wrong right now. Stretch show's on fire. There's 27 people listening to Stretch show. That's this momentum right there. I'm growing. I had cities all around the globe listening to us. There's people banging it in Belgium. There's people banging it in Switzerland. There's people banging it in Spain. There's freaking all over the place. We're all throughout Europe. We're in Parlez-vous Francais. Canada's down with us. Australia's down with us. And don't even think about L.A. because L.A. is coming. Of those 27, probably 20 of them are right here in Los Angeles. And that's more listeners than most radio stations have. I think Power 106 has a 0.0. And that hurts my heart because that's my home. Hurts my heart. But these people blow. We're changing the game. We are the new FM. And we're going to take radio to the digital streaming world that it belongs in. And everyone's going to have to follow us because now we got a head start. So spread the word. Please, my friends, spread the word. And I will talk to you again tomorrow for the big old freaking... Friday Spectacular, where we stack the deck with Moto Palooza. So till then, my friends, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.